Welcome to the Halftime Mike Podcast, presented by basketball fan and Hoosier native Mike Gingrich, where practical, no-nonsense resourcing on social media, business marketing, and life is presented, because the adjustments made at halftime help you win the game in the second half. Welcome, everyone, to this focus here on relationship sales, marketing, customer support, new way of doing business. So I've got a great lineup. This is my first Blab podcast, as you can tell. I'm fumbling my way around. That's right. And so actually, I'm going to turn this into a podcast, but we're going live today, obviously, on Blab here. And we got a great crowd, got a great lineup. So let me introduce folks and we'll get started. So I've got Robbie Schuckel coming to me from London, England. Robbie, how are you today? I'm good. I'm good. We actually had a tor- like a torrential downpour here a few hours ago, but typical London weather. Five minutes is rain and five minutes is sunny. So. All right. All right. <laughs> you fit that in. Okay. So uh, Robbie's coming to us. He's a customer service specialist, helps businesses online to increase customer loyalty, word of mouth, and sales through customer service. All right. So... Who else we got? We got uh, Jessica Phillips here. Jessica is president of Now Marketing Group in Ohio. She helps businesses build long-lasting relationships with their ideal audience. She's also the creator of the Relationship Marketing System. Welcome, Jessica. Hi, everybody. All right. And I've also got with me April Heavens Woodcock. With a name like that, she has to be good, right? She's <laughs> co-founder, along with her husband, Kevin, of Touching Clients in Connecticut, a digital marketing agency helping small business with social media, digital ads, and more. April's part of the extended team of relationship marketing pro Mari Smith as well. Give a shout out to Mari, all right? (laughs) Hey, folks, uh, use that tell a little bird and make sure others can come in and hear from us also. So today, uh, post your questions in the feedback area there. We'll be trying to watch that. And, uh, you know, we're going to bring some other people in along the way. So I've got some others, uh, Jacob Spashnik, the immigration lawyer from San Diego, Jenny Brennan from Ireland, Tyra Anderson from uh, Casual Fridays, also hoping to join us. So we want to talk about this topic, relationships, marketing, customer service. It's, uh, you know, businesses change and if you're still doing it the old way, you're going to be out of business pretty fast. All right. So let's dive in. And get started here. Oh, I, I forgot to do myself, right? So yeah, I'm just the guy asking questions here. <laughs> I podcast is halftime mic, and you know that's all you need to know at this point in time. All right. <laughs> all right. So let's dive in here. First question: What is relationship sales approach for a business? What is a relationship sales approach for a business? How is that different from traditional sales? Uh, Jessica, you ready to dive in? Sure. This is like my favorite subject. So I'm a firm believer and I'm always saying that relationships are more powerful than marketing. And it's so true. I mean, I started now marketing group five years ago. And when I started interviewing clients um, and we provide social media and internet marketing solutions for business. But when I started meeting with clients, I interviewed them and asked them like, you know, where do they get their best sales? And they would always say that it's word of mouth. Like that's where they get their best sales. So 
I knew that we had to figure out a way to maximize their word of mouth sales. And that's where kind of the relationship marketing met inbound marketing focus. So relationship marketing sales is all about being able to build that long-term loyal client that is going to be an advocate for your brand. So it's getting to know them. That's where the biggest part of the sales process happens is finding out who your ideal audience is. And then we call them buyer personas and then figuring out how you can help them, you know, in their journey of reaching whatever goal that is. So relationship sales is more focused around like that long journey versus just that quick and easy. The old school approach is just, here's how great we are. Come do business with us. Instead, it's like, here's how I can help you better. And here's why I want you to tell your friends about us. So it is turned into that, that the focus of shifting on here's everything that we offer to here's, see, I told you my ears are so small. These things <laughs> all the time. It's, it's turning to from, here's how great we are and here's here's why you should choose us to here's how I can help you better, right? And and build those long-term relationships with clients. So knowing who they are, figuring out how you can help them and being transparent about your approach of who you can help and who you can't help. Um, and that's where, it, that's where it really takes place with relationship sales and completely different than the outbound marketing of just being a, a bullhorn. Instead, you turn it into being a Yeah, I think that's the key. We've just seen... So much of a bullhorn approach, and we've seen that even on social media. I mean, it uh, it drives people nuts. It drives me nuts. You know, you get somebody and invite them into a group, and they basically start spamming the group. You know, and put oh, yeah. links in there. Uh, I literally just seen that yesterday on on LinkedIn. I don't want to call out the person, but it was literally you know the publish the post. <laughs> but I kind of do. No, but you see the publish the post on LinkedIn. It was literally like they publish the post, and here's how you why you choose us. And it was like, hey, here's what we offer call me. And I'm like, no, no, no. You know, you need to tell them, give them something helpful and of value and, and start building that relationship because then they learn to trust you, you know? Yeah. Right. It's, it's, you have to think long-term, long-term. Right. Exactly. And, and it's not the, it's not the first sale, but it's the, the relationship over time that they want to do business with you again and right. again, they become your trusted source. Right. Well, yeah. April, you want to add into that? Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe anything from touching clients experience. Well, I think from the, for definitely businesses that are service orientated, that relationship piece, you know, we pay it forward all right. the time by offering, helping people, you know, we're building those relationships. So we're not always going in for the sale. We're always, you know, I mean, I do trainings to small business owners and we'll talk about um, where they're struggling and how I can help. And that to me, I think helps formulate that trust and building of the relationship, like what both of you were saying for the long term, because we want clients for the long term, just like all of us. Right. And I think in right. any business, the more that you can foster that relationship and take it to the next level without always thinking you're going to get a sale from it and kind of right. take the sale out of the equation in the beginning. Um, it makes a difference for the long term. Because let's be honest, sometimes the sales approach isn't you talk to the client and then in a week they make a decision. Sometimes it takes a little bit of time, right. but you're, you're building it. If you're creating, you know, blogs or using social to be helpful, you're right. nurturing that relationship the whole time that they're with you and you're staying ahead of the curve of your relationship by knowing and anticipating what they're going to need from you. And then they're going to keep coming back to you for, for answers as the source of information. So, 
And you brought up a good point by the target audience, because I think that Mm -hmm. you, in order for you to be successful in nurturing relationships, you really do need to know your target audience because not everybody's a good Mm -hmm. fit. And sometimes we go after relationships because we think that, oh, it's going to be the next big client or the next big sale when in actuality Mm -hmm. they're not a good fit and we're spinning our wheels, wasting our time. So getting back to basics and knowing that target audience is definitely key. Yeah, I think I think it also comes down to actually having a conversation because um, we often mm-hmm. we saw it in the beginning in on Twitter where someone would send you auto DM and instead of saying you know let's connect further it's literally mm-hmm. straight to the sales page. So I mean it's the same way when we talk to our friends and you know we ask them what movie yep. you know was that movie good that just came out. The reason we respect their opinion is because we understand the way they think and you know, how they've come to that conclusion. So then in return, we value their opinion. So if a company takes the time to have that conversation, it's not just a one-way thing, then we also learn about their needs. And then maybe next time when they're in that mindset or frame to say, this is what we're looking for, we can offer something more specific to what they're looking for compared to just, you know, churning out sales or advice when you're not even sure if they need it in the first place. Yep. Right. Because usually when people go in for that big, bold sales approach, like right off the back, what, what happens? I mean, our guard goes up and we're like, you're trying yeah. to sell me. And you immediately just kind of shut down or a piece of clients, you know, shut shut down at that point. But if they realize that you're willing to take the time and invest in them, then they're going to be a little bit more open to hear what you have to say right. you know, and, and trust you. So. Plus, I think a big piece is listening in order to nurture. Right. You really do need to listen to, you know, I... Um, yeah, I get excited and I start talking, but I, and that's been a long time of learning to be like, Ooh, you got to take it back. I need to listen because in order for me to better help them, I need to listen first. And I think that's really important in the sales stage. Yep. yep. Absolutely. And I, I think that, uh, it's so much more of a, I, I like to con- consultative, you know, as an approach where when mm-hmm. I sound with a client, you know, I want to consult with them. I want to learn about their business. I want to hear what their pain points are. So it's a, just a manner of listening, as April said, and, you know, just hearing what their needs are. So, uh, you know, from our digital agency side, Digital Hill, we often work on some big you know, web projects, web software tools, and you, you really... I don't go in with some kind of big pitch. I want to come in. I want to share how... We can professionally handle what their needs are, uh, but it's more about, okay, so what are your needs? Uh, help us understand your, your business model. Help us understand your pain points. It's a relationship process. I'm trying to evaluate that relationship because there is there's some that, you know, have you ever had good business and bad business and there's business that you actually want to turn down, you know, just because you know that, uh, or you've been burned by it. So you learn from it. So you don't want to do that again, where, you know, they're going to, they're bringing something that they just want you to do something and they're not giving you the information you need to do that. You know, that's just setting a bad path. You got, you got to have some back and forth. You got to have that rapport and Mm -hmm. that sets you up for success. So what I'm hearing you guys say, too, is that all four of us kind of do the same thing. You go in with a list of questions, not a sales pitch. And I think that's great for anybody that's getting started or that's an agency. Is really the first step is going in with your your list of questions to understand them, to make sure that they are a good fit and, and listen to them before you go in with, here's what to offer. I know it's the hardest thing when you get the call, like, how much is the website? Or how much is your marketing? You're like... 
Okay, I'm gonna do ballpark, but let me ask you some questions first. Right, right. Yep, yep. Now, let me turn the conversation a little bit, and why don't we talk about this from the marketing perspective? So, relationship, sales, marketing, customer service, how is that going to change uh, your marketing, how you come about advocating for your business? I mean, Jessica, you want to start with that one again, too? Sure. So how do you turn marketing into advocating for the business? So I think you take, I take a lot of the questions that I'm asked or things that are trending in the industry and turn those into blog posts because I feel like if I'm answering it with clients, I'm going to be answering it again. And then I turn them into blog posts and then um, use that in my social approach. So really it's kind of marketing is helping me too to, to um, not only answer the questions for our current clients, but also answer them for a prospective client. So using those, those blogs, um, social media to listen in, like April had touched on, you know, listening, um, finding out who your target audience is, staying ahead in the industry, you know, following experts such as you guys and, and many others out there to see what's happening and what trends and what's working for, for other businesses that may be similar to clients that we would help finding out what's working for them. So that helps in every stage of the sales process, really, you know, from understanding to attracting to staying engaged with them, delighting. I mean, it, social media has been so much more than just marketing now. It's really kind of operations and customer service. So everybody's kind of touching a piece of the social right. element, I would say, in the business. Um, and just, you know, reporting results, seeing what's working, what's not, too. Robbie, maybe you want to go into customer service and dive into how a relationship approach to customer service matters and ultimately strengthens a business. Yeah, um, just before that, on the marketing side of things, I think when we say relationship marketing, it's involving our customers in our through our journey as well online, especially on social. So it, the, the days have kind of gone where we just talk about ourselves twenty four seven and you know, 90% of our content is all about our business. We've actually now learned to bring our fans or customers into the process and maybe share some of their stories. And um, some of the most powerful marketing we can do on social media is, you said, like the word of mouth, but testimonials from real life, you know, case studies from people that have actually used your product or service or tool are going to be more powerful than maybe, you know, a campaign where you spend X amount. So I think nurturing those, um, enthusiastic or passionate customers and fans is going to be a part of your marketing that you need to include and one that you can't afford to ignore moving forward as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Let's be honest, um, it's the least expensive thing too, right, Robbie? Yes, it's the least expensive, but it gives the most impact. So, um, you know, and the thing is, obviously people help make the business because without sales, you're not actually going to improve or grow. So nurturing those relationships is definitely key. Um when it comes to support, there there are quite a few areas, but I think one of the um, key ones which keeps uh, seems to be coming up more and more is obviously response times. Um, with Facebook, they've obviously launched the responsive message feature and they're trying to push people to respond sooner or sooner. Um, personally, I don't think you need to have such a strict uh, response rate of, you know, for example, five minutes or four minutes or three minutes. <laughs> I think uh, I think KLM Airlines are trying to do five minutes maybe on Twitter. So it does depend. But my advice would be, um, first of all, acknowledge the fan on social media. So if you haven't got the answer, because I do appreciate, you know, we are busy, does require multiple maybe contacts to find the information. You're not going to get it straight away. 
just let them know we're looking into it we'll come back to you but you know that transparency we talked about needs to be there so if you say we'll get back to you in an hour make sure it is an hour and also mm. make sure you follow up i think a lot of people resolve a customer's query and then they kind of wash their hands with them whereas you know you, they might come up with other problems so following up just lets them know that you value the support you've given and you actually genuinely want to know how they're getting on so i think a follow-up on social media is something that more businesses can start to implement Absolutely. And I think follow up in general, you know, like from a client retention standpoint, we talk about all this digital stuff, but I still think there's that in-person relationship. I still believe in sending thank you notes and things like that. I think that's really important and part of nurturing relationships. And I think one of the things that I stress more and more to clients, because we do the digital end more um, so than the traditional end, is that there's still a need for it and that that's not to be forgotten. Like you're saying response rates and um, sometimes email doesn't cut it. You need to pick up the phone and call them. You need to Skype them now because we live in a world, but a face-to-face contact, that eye contact makes a really big difference in building that relationship. Maybe blab them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Oh, we lost you, Mike. We've done it. All oh, right. Business. There we go. <laughs> is implement a a path for staying connected to customers over the course of time so, you know so you get a project done and then you want to have you know whatever we've set maybe it's a, a six week window where you know at least every six weeks you want to touch base you want to see what's happening you just want to check in uh, make sure you're offering something of value whether it's a you know, a new piece of information. You know, I think when Google made the changes to wait uh, mobile site, whether you had a mobile site for your website and search results in their algorithm, we, you know, that made a difference. And so we want to communicate that. When, when Bing filed suit, we want to do that. We want to make sure that we're touching base, making sure they're aware of things that can impact them. That's just help. That's just offering value you know, that's not a, a sell right there at that point. That's a part of the long-term relationship. Absolutely. Yeah. So at this point in time, uh, April, touching clients, any more other stories of relationship sales, marketing, customer service that you want to input here? Um, you know, I think that if you can focus on um, really – that relationship first, but then also putting systems in place to help nurture your clients over time. So I'm a big fan of email marketing. I feel like that is top of mind awareness for your brand and it's just a way to stay in touch. And I think that within any organization, you need some kind of process because we can't always be face to face or blabbing or, you know, and um, so we need to make sure that we're connecting on some level and not forgetting about our clients when we get busy doing our day to day, when we can't be on the phone all the time or we can't be emailing them personally, but we're still nurturing those relationships over the long term. And that is part of the sale, you know, like from a beginning sales process too, because you have people that come in, like you were saying, like, you know, you have longer sales processes on like larger websites. So you want to make sure that you're still connected with those people for the long term. Um, and I do think that's something, so from a perspective of here, that's what we work on with our clients. Every plan that we implement has some kind of long-term nurture in there, which may be in the form of a digital, it may be a reminder to make a phone call, um, but having a process in place, I think makes a world of difference. Yeah. Yeah. Cause we can't remember it all. 
you know, <laughs> but it's a way, you know, you can touch. <laughs> it down. Maybe not so much. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I depend on this. This is like my Bible, you know, my calendar, my can't live without it. <laughs> now, Ravi, you've advocated, you know, great customer service as a method for strengthening business, growing sales. When you work with the business, what are some of the first things that you have them evaluate or, or you know, want them to work on? Um, the first thing is um, one of the biggest reasons customers are actually frustrated is because the process is too complicated. So the first thing you do is assess, uh, you know, what we call the touch points in a business. So like how many stages does the customer have to go through to get from A to B? And usually, if you can smooth out the process, for example, if the website has gone from three, three stages, stages to just two to, to find out, out the information they need, then that's also, also the, the first starting point you would do. Then obviously, once you found the touch points in your business, where the customer, so a touch point being where the customer interacts, you try and make that more streamlined and make the customer's lives a lot easier. Only after you do that, can you then go into the details and um, have a look at their maybe their culture and their company um, for example, especially with social media, um, you know, being originally from an agency background, it was still one or two people's job to do, you know, social media and no one else touched it in a company. I think nowadays you can't afford to just leave it to one employee or mm-hmm. one department. It's actually the hot, the job of the whole organization to understand how it works and also get involved. I mean, if a CEO, you know, tweeted something on behalf of the company that he enjoyed an experience or an event it's going to be a lot more valuable to both you know you as the employee but also the customers who can see that this is a great company to be part of so um definitely educating your team on social as a whole but the first of all is make sure you it's easy for your customers to either purchase return or interact with your website and social channels let me ask you this in terms of customer service. How do you think? Um, I was on a blab the other night. I was just listening. I was lurking. And I was listening in about how this could change customer service and how, you know, how this, because it's real time, if somebody's having a problem, I essentially could be on the phone with customer service having a bad experience, and now you have this live streaming content. What do you think that's going to do for our customer service relationships? It's going to definitely strengthen them. I mean, the reason we're on a blab and the reason we've got all these people commenting because, you know, obviously they might have seen us online or if, even if they haven't, just hearing our voices and seeing us here adds that layer of, you know, authenticity. Like we're real people. We're here giving the actual value in person. It's not something that, you know, we've made a second priority. We're, you know, we're more than happy to give our time. Um, and with um, support, I mean, I, I know the telecoms industry has got a bad reputation because, you know, you put people on hold, you get passed around, they don't appreciate your loyalty, you know, year to year. But the main thing is customers don't like waiting. So if you offer them the lifestyle no, approach or you, or you give them a, you know, one-to-one relationship, it's something they're going to appreciate a lot more. And also helping out with the folks at Post Planner is something that uh, we do there a lot as well. We offer that one-to-one support and, you know, we guide them through, the, uh, you know, the support process through video and you kind of show them how things are done Um so you've got to appreciate that your customers are all from different abilities. So having live stream just allows you to go into a bit more detail with them rather than showing them a generic FAQ or a video, which may be not applied to their unique situation. So it's definitely going to be the future. I think you just need to make sure in your organization, if you can scale it, if it's, uh, you know, set up the expectations early, because the last thing you want is to overwork 
that those two members in your team, you know, round the clock doing one hour blabs all day. So um, <laughs> manage your expectations, but at the same time, um, it's definitely going to help strengthen the relationship. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. April, I just had a question. I mean, you do some work for with Mari Smith. Obviously, she wrote the book Relationship Marketing. <laughs> so, are there things that you've gleaned from her? Are there things that uh, you know she encourages her team that? that you can share here that, that helps people get a hold of what this is means and how they can implement it in their business. Sure. So, you know, Mari is very transparent. So what you see in real life and on social media is what you get for customer service. So she's very, um, um, kind of the team is it's, um, you know, director of customer happiness is Megan. And so like the, we always, um, respond really readily, um, and it gets to the right person in a short amount of time and deliver whatever needs to happen, um, to make that client happy. The other thing too, is that she has like a satisfaction guarantee policy on anything. So if something, somebody has a concern or a hiccup, she doesn't just always pass it through her team. If it's something where she feels like she wants to be part of it, she is. And she reaches out and that personalized touch. I mean, there's, she's traveling a lot right now. So that's not always, but even after she travels, she might go back and revisit something if somebody was upset. And um, for the most part, uh, most of her, you know, I would say the way that she does it because she's so real and she's transparent about everything and that total customer satisfaction. um, It's, it's, it's amazing actually um, because I, she was a mentor of mine for a long time. And then when I've had the opportunity to go behind the scenes and, you know, you always wonder sometimes if people are really like this behind the scenes and kind of what is the day-to-day operations. And she's true to her brand and true to herself. So that resonates through the whole organization, which is awesome. Okay. You know, I know for our company here, one of the things when I gained some leadership was to try to implement some core values and to articulate how we were going to go about business, how we were going to interact with the customer and, you know, to, to kind of spell that out. And then that comes down to hiring, hiring people who fit that, who model that, who embrace that so that it begins to permeate your culture. Agree? Yep. Yeah. Strongly, yeah. strongly agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd probably add to that and say um, hire for personality and train for skills because um, yeah. social media, yeah, especially, especially support, support or even, even in general, general, talking to customers can be repetitive. And the last thing you want is, you know, your staff to get frustrated with the process or realize they don't actually enjoy it. And uh, having passion and enthusiasm isn't something that you can train your staff on. It's something that you either enjoy interacting with people and engaging with them or, you know, you kind of, uh, you know, plow through it. So um, make sure the personality side of things is there as well. And you can always train the skills at any stage of the process. Yeah, we're literally just talking about that. We actually like even reward the team. Like we call it the Nawi. We give them um, an award. We have everybody submit on the team like who's um, exuberating the best, you know, core values or not the best or exuberating one of the core values the most throughout the month, and then reward them and then make it public. So the core values are always top of mind, Mike. Like you said, if you're creating that company culture deck, kind of ahead of time, let everybody know what's expected and just keep rewarding it and encouraging it. And then that way everyone knows that relationship marketing is expected. You know, it's not just part of yep. what what you hire for, but it's expected ongoing. Okay. Hey, April, you volunteered here to be my first swap out. So I want to bring Jacob Saposhnik. Hold on before you go. I want to take a picture. You want to take a picture of it. 
Well, she's hopefully I will bring her back here. Well, so I, I want to get Jacob in here because Jacob's the man. Term, he's talking about the enchanting way, and I think this applies right to our conversation exactly. right now with hiring and with core values. So uh, let's let's do that. April, you good with that? I'm good with that. I'll see you soon. Thanks. I'm looking forward to Jacob. He's the man. He is. Jacob, you jump in here in my open seat. I want to bring you in and talk about the enchanting way. All right, bringing Jacob in. Jacob is in San Diego. He has the largest Facebook page for a lawyer on Facebook, San Diego Immigration Lawyer. Welcome, Jacob. Hey, Jacob. Hey, everybody. Can you hear me? Yes, I got you. Perfect. All right. So, hey, well, thanks for joining us. I think it was uh, marketing uh, here. So far, it was amazing. Okay. <laughs> Tell us it. a little bit about your law firm and the enchanting well, way. Where did Ravi go? Did I scare Ravi? He's no, there. I'm still here. I, I lost your visual, Ravi. Still alive? Your audio is there. It's catching up. Okay. Yes. And Jacob's the only attorney that I know that has Facebook mentions. Check you out. Oh, yeah. That's true. <laughs> it's been great. It's, it's been, been good. good. Yeah. Next time we'll do a, a, a Blab uh, mentions simultaneously, right? Yeah. Oh, if you're that talent, that's awesome. <laughs> yeah, that's it. We, there he is. Love I got him back. <laughs> yeah. All right, Jacob. Dive in. Wide Tell us about your law firm. So, um, um, you know, like, like you mentioned, mentioned, we have uh, uh, an immigration law firm here in San Diego. We are um, a boutique firm of about 30 people here now. And so uh, we, we talked about many times about uh, in the past two years about what we've done here with you and Jessica. Um, but the system that we built, we call this the kind of the, the enchanting way. Well, we, we give them ways from the, the filers to the attorneys. Um, uh, a lot of leeway we give them, we empower them from day one. And the idea is that we empower the monitors, empower monitors, people that can do well, they continue to get more and more tasks. The idea is that the system, the, the firm, in this case our business is a law firm, kind of works seamlessly without me at the top trying to tell people, you do this, you do this, you do this. They work together as a team because they feel that we grow together as a team. So it, it goes three, three parts. We talked about it. We have the systems, we have the employee empowerment, and we, and we have, have the, uh, the, the way, way they project, project the firm to the clients. It all works together. So if they're, they're happy with the systems, all goes well. well. If, if the employees are treated well, they're going to treat their customers well. And then it works like, um, you know, then I can take off and leave the firm and come back. And everybody knows what they do. And, and we're able to grow this way um, by, by providing uh, you know, service that way. Okay. So you're, and, you're uh, looking at... Hiring the right people and then empowering with all they need to succeed. And at the same time, you, you kind of like document all the processes so that other people can pick up and help out if that person is not there at that point in time. Right. But, but also it's important that the way it works is we listen to the, what, the, what the employees are saying. So, for example, we had a case where one of the paralegals didn't like the carpet in the area where they were sitting. It was like a, you know, so it may look like a silly thing, but when I agreed to change the carpet to whatever they wanted, it gave them the, the validity that I care about what they think. So maybe it was just a carpet in this case, but it's actually more than a carpet. It's actually, 
It means that I, I listen to what they need from a small thing like the carpet. They can go to uh, the way we handle our clients. And so, we tend to have uh, um, um, surveys that, you know, what do you think we should change? And whenever they propose the change, we have to follow and actually do it. And it's not just words. And, and it gives it, it gives them employees uh, um, And again, the reason we gave them credit cards so they can use is because we trust them. And, and, and they treasure them because they know that once they develop the ability to make purchases, they are even more frugal as to what we purchase more than I am. Because they feel they got the power to do things that normally most people wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't be allowed to do. You know what I mean? That's kind of responsibility with that, and they're they're cautious, they're careful with that. Right, right, exactly. And so, and, and, and the, you know, the cool thing that I like is Robbie because he translates. So once they feel happy working here and they feel they feel validated, then when they feel the customers, it, it becomes it's like ten times more. Like they, they know, like we had a case where somebody walked in the office and they forgot their uh, their package in car, which was a mile away. So, so one, one of them is to walk all the way to get, get that cash from the car to the key so the client could, could start meeting and then one lose time go back to the car. Something they didn't have to do and nobody told them, go ahead and go go to the car. They actually offered to do that. You know what I mean? Excellent. Um, yeah. So, and I think, you know, if you don't build a culture early enough, then you can't get customer service because you can't force people. I mean, look at the people who work for Zappos. There has to be a reason why they're so happy. Because they are built happy from the inside, right? They get all these free shoes and whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah excellent. All right. Hey, thank you for being with us, Jacob. I want to make sure I can pull in Jenny Brennan here quick and get another take from the Irish side of things. How about that? Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Great show. Thanks, Jenny, are you there? Come on in. Pulling the stream in. There she is. Hi, Jenny. Hi, how are you all? Good, good to see you. Yeah, good. I don't even know what to say because I've just been engrossed in the conversation. I'm like taking notes like a crazy lady. <laughs> yeah, but this is what you're about here, Jenny. So you got to add your input in here. You, you have uh, taken business and grown it from scratch. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm, talking, I'm thinking about virtual office works, for instance. And, you know, tell us how you did that with a focus in this relationship sales model. Yeah, I th- well, I guess like so many entrepreneurs that start out at the very beginning, I really didn't have a clue what I was doing when I started out. I had like literally 300 books and I said, I'm going to set up this business online and I'm going to make some money and I'm going to be able to work around my kids and um, basically have my life the way I wanted on my terms. So I'd worked in corporate for 15 years and I had been very successful and it had been fantastic, but I just decided I wanted things on my own terms. And I guess to fast forward, I've just invested in the last four years in education, education, education. I'm always, you've seen me all doing courses and whatever, um, and networking and meeting people. And I think I think April said earlier on about those relationships and meeting people offline so a big investment for me two years ago was to go to social media marketing world and meet all of you guys and like meet everyone it was just like it just brought those relationships to a whole other level and we're all working together on different projects and referring work to each other it's just like it's just fantastic so I'm all about relationship no matter what form you're on it's all about people (laughs) it's all about people yeah all right did I lose Ravi 
Yeah, I think he jumped out. Didn't he, he only have 30, 30 minutes or something? Okay, maybe he did. All right, let me pull April back in. Hi. Yay. <laughs> Jenny, as you've shifted to Facebook ads and the JennyBrennan.me, um, how have you grown sales with this model? I mean, yes, you've studied. Yes, you've trained. But you're also putting yourself out there. And how have clients come to you? Yeah, so again, it's all back to the relationships and it's all back to my network and the people I work with. Get um, to go from being a virtualist to um, providing marketing services. Um, well, obviously, I have a really strong background from the traditional marketing view. She's warbling on me. Yeah. <laughs> Am I You're going to need to move to a better coverage in your house. That Ireland, that Ireland uh, internet there. <laughs> the Charlie Brown teacher. Go hug the we're outer. <laughs> Say what? <laughs> this is that is yes. <laughs> That's Take as good as again, it gets. Jenny. Are you there? Boom, boom, boom. This is it. <laughs> the boom. <laughs> well, one of the th one of the things that I learned, um, and I know we were talking about earlier with um, that I learned from Jenny in terms of Facebook ads was that. Um, we, in my mind, I was thinking, oh, we need to kind of, I was missing that relationship piece in the Facebook ad world. So Jenny's done a really good job of opening my eyes to, you still right. need to, because you're doing Facebook advertising for your business, you still need to nurture those people as part of the sales process and build that credibility instead of doing a sale or um, running an ad just for a cold sale. So she's really big with that. Like she gets the whole picture and I'm newer to Facebook ads. So that was a really big, like kind of like, duh, where did I miss that in the process? So even that carries over, I think, into everything that we do. Yeah. So absolutely. Good. Well, as we wrap up here and we've kind of wind down this conversation on relationship marketing, mm -hmm. Uh, anything else you want to add to the conversation? Any questions out there that the audience wants to put in to anyone specifically? Let them have them answer. We'll go for it here in the final Some, minutes. Somebody want to come in and take a seat and chat? Because we're just out there winging it on. <laughs> That's, That's what, what it's all about, about though. That's when you get the best flags, honestly, is like just one conversation just changing. You know, I'd be, I'd be interested to hear from people that are in in um, the room, the lab room, uh, about kind of their best story of customer service experience that they've had. Like, I, you know, I think one of, um, one of the things in one of my presentations, we talk about a wow experience, kind of yeah. wowing customer for that word of mouth. And it's about 14% of consumers are wowed on a regular basis, which is my new. So I would love to hear about what you guys are doing in your businesses and wowing customers or giving an example of somebody that uh, did, did wow, wow you <laughs> and learn from it. All right, Colby, welcome. Hi, Colby. Hi, guys. <laughs> you guys are all new faces welcome. to me. I'm, I'm uh, excited to, to join. Thank you for letting me in. Um, so I just, I just jumped on uh, this lab like 
just a couple seconds ago. So, so I'm, I'm kind of like very quickly trying to read through the comments and, and catch up. But um, to answer your question, April, um, it's not an experience that happened to me personally, but it was an experience that I heard about that I absolutely love because a client of mine, I actually um, just landed a, a pretty pretty big hotel chain here in Charlotte. Um, and talking about customer service, you know, hotels, of course, always, you know, you either hear a ton of praises or you hear the knock at a good stop. So um, I was in San Diego for the Social Media Marketing World Conference, and um, hey. I cannot – who was who was there? Was, They're all there. Yeah. This is how we met. Yeah. Oh, my God. Awesome. <laughs> okay, so, so 2016, I will have to make a point to yes. meet you all. Um, but, but so, so you, you guys probably did hear the story of the Hyatt, and I cannot remember the, the gentleman's name, but he basically tweeted out that – uh, when, when I arrived at the Hyatt, I would love a picture of a pickle and a Snickers bar, right? Uh-huh. So he tweeted this out. He didn't even direct it towards the Hyatt, um, mm-hmm. the Hyatt itself. Um, and he gets in, he checks in, and the the lady that was checking him in, she slides a picture, a hand-drawn picture of a pickle, and she puts a Snickers bar on there. <laughs> yep. Pretty and sure that's my bud, Eric T. Tung. Yep. Is that Eric? Okay. Yeah. I wasn't sure who yeah. it was, but I tell that story all the time yeah. because, first yeah. of all, it, it just resonates with me because that's such mm-hmm. a great example of social listening, right? And how brands and, and companies can be utilizing social media to capitalize on these, these you know, these kind of little invitations to, to make you know, make a statement, make a statement on your customer service. We actually, um, so the, the hotel chain that I'm working with now is, is the Wyndham Charlotte, uh, the Wyndham Garden Charlotte. And we had an opportunity to do kind of something very similar. And, um, through social listening, we had a lady who, you know, she checked in at the hotel on Facebook and she was talking about how, what a rough, you know, what a rough, rough uh, layover it was and how she was just finally happy to have a bed. And um, she said, now all I need is a, is a pedicure and, a, you know, a, a good sleep or something like that. So I, through social listening, saw this on Twitter, saw the, saw the Facebook check-in, and I said, we have, this is an opportunity for us to be the heroes, right? So I contacted the management. I said, this is what we need to do. We need to set up, uh, we need to call her, find out when her flight is, and we need to set up a pedicure stat for her. Basically call, like, so what they did, they got in touch with her, the front desk got in touch with her. That morning they called her at 10 a.m. They said, um, you know what, we want to thank you for for staying with us, and we heard that it was a you know a rough layover for you. We would love to set you up with a pedicure. So what they did was they took a shuttle bus, their shuttle that runs back and forth um, to the airport, brought her over, and you know she had like the deluxe pedicure and everything. And of course, what is the first thing she does? She just goes crazy with it on on social media, right? Right. We had. The amount of impressions that we got, because little did we know, this lady is known actually in the, um, I don't know if you want to call it the nail art world, but she travels to all these huge conferences on nail art and pedicures and manicures. We had no idea. Okay. 
So it just went, it, it, I don't want to say it went viral because I, I, I really am like kind of like, again, I hate that word now, but um, <laughs> it just went crazy. And it was just such a great opportunity to use social media to amplify the customer service experience. So I wanted to get on here really quick and, and, you know, hear my. Share that story. Yes. Awesome. Excellent. I love it. Thank you. So listen, guys, I will, I'm going to jump out so someone else can jump in or you guys can wrap this up. But um, it was really nice to nice meeting you. We'll blab again yeah. and we'll see you next year. Yes, definitely. Um, sure. Thanks, Wait, We had to do s'mores, s'mores on the rooftop. That's what we oh, did last that's right. Oh, that's fun. <laughs> I'll be there. All right. Bye, guys. Take care. Tyler, you're out there. Come on. Join me in here. Touching clients. Tyler is my last guest seat here to come on in. Where'd he go? There he is. Tyler's in the house. <laughs> there was There's a couple, couple more examples, examples of hotels, hotels just in between, between uh, time where like, 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 at the time limit that I talk about there. So I think... How about um, Ian? Ian? Back oh, in, and we'll just wind down here. I want to thank everyone for being with us. Robbie, good to have you back. Hey. <laughs> I had to use my phone. You know, there you go. You're on your phone. <laughs> totally a different... Oh, different view. <laughs> All right. And they kept his props going. I like that. So I'm learning about Blab as we go here. Uh, but relationship sales, marketing, customer service, that was our conversation. Hopefully, you've gleaned some things out of this. Uh, what I always say in my podcast is what's the one thing? What's the tip that you should go and you know implement, write down to do in the next couple of days? It's about keeping it practical, keeping it doable. You've heard some good things. What is it that uh, should go and impact your business today and tomorrow? All right. Anyone else? Last words. I would just say thanks everybody for joining and all the comments here. I think we all added just a little bit of things in the notes. If you guys want us to call through um, to touch on, I added how to get started with relationship marketing, a link there that has just every little action list that I could think of of things that you could go and do and then some apps to help you along your journey. So So I'll I'll reshare it because I know there's some new people that join. And I would be happy happy to connect connect with anyone online online, um, or on Twitter, Twitter and follow up and answering your questions. questions. Yeah, when you want to come back to this podcast, it's going to be live at com in the next week. <laughs> like that, the next um, uh, week. <laughs> Thank you. This was so much Thanks, fun. Mike. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Thanks, guys, for being with me. You guys take care. Robbie, have a good night. Good night, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Halftime Mike Podcast with Mike Gingrich. Remember, what you do in the second half can change the outcome of the game. Does your business need resourcing, tools, and social media consulting? Then visit MikeGingrich.com. Want to have Mike speak at your next event? Visit MikeGingrich.com slash speaking. Join us again for another episode of Halftime Mike your no-nonsense guide to victory on the court of life.